Chapter 12 of History of Philosophy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. History of Philosophy by William Turner. Chapter 12 The Peripatetic School. Sources. Besides our primary sources consisting of treatises, and commentaries of the philosophers of Aristotle's school, we have as secondary sources the works of Diogenes Laertius and the references made by Cicero, who, it should be said, is more trustworthy when he mentions the peripatetics than when he speaks of the pre-Socratic philosophers. Theophrastus of Lesbos was born about the same year as Aristotle. He seems to have become Aristotle's disciples even before the death of Plato. After Aristotle's death, he ruled in the peripatetic school as Scolarch for about 35 years. He wrote many works of which the best known are the two treatises on botany and his ethical characters, the latter consisting of lifelike delineations of types of human character. He extended and completed Aristotle's philosophy of nature, devoting special attention to the science of botany. In his ethical doctrines, he insisted on the Correggia, secured by virtue of the possession of external goods. Of the life of Eudemus of Rhodes, little is known except that he and Theophrastus were disciples of Aristotle at the same time. It is probable that he continued to belong to the school when Theophrastus became scholarch. He is the author of the Eudemian Ethics, which, however, is merely a redaction of Aristotle's notes or at most a treatise intended to supplement Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics. In his writings and doctrines, Eudemus shows far less originality and independence than does Theophrastus. Aristoxenus of Tarentum, known as the musician, introduced into the peripatetic philosophy many of the ideas of the Pythagoreans, attaching a special importance to the notion of harmony. Strato of Lamsacus the physicist, succeeded Theophrastus as scholarch in 288 B.C., and continued to preside over the school for 18 years. Like his predecessor, he devoted his attention to the study of nature, manifesting, however, a tendency to discard from natural philosophy the theological concept and the idea of the incorporeal. Demetrius of Phalaris and others of the earlier Peripatetics confined their literary labors to general history and the history of opinions. Among the later peripatetics, mention must be made of Andronicus of Rhodes, who edited the works of Aristotle about 70 B.C. To the second century of our era belong Alexander of Aphrodisius, the Exegete, and Aristocles of Messene. To the third century belongs Porphyry, and to the sixth century Philipponus and Plisius. All these, though they belong to the Neoplatonic or Eclectic schools, enriched the literature of the Peripatetic school by their commentaries on Aristotle. The physician Galen, born about 131 A.D., is also reckoned among the interpreters of Aristotle. Retrospect The second period of Greek philosophy has been characterized as subjectival-objective. Compared with the preceding period, it is subjective. That is, it diverts the mind of the inquirer from the problems of nature to those of thought. 
Compared with the period immediately following, it is objective. That is, it is not concerned solely with the ethical problems and the problems of the value of knowledge. It is not wholly subjective. Historically, the period is short, not extending over more than three generations. Yet, in that brief space of time, much was accomplished. It is perhaps because the period was so short, and because it was dominated by three men, each of whom stood to his predecessor in the relation of personal disciple, that there exists so perfect an organic unity among the philosophies of Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. The philosophy of Socrates was the philosophy of the concept. It was concerned with the inquiry into the conditions of scientific knowledge and the basis of ethics. The philosophy of Plato was the philosophy of the idea. It claimed to be a scientific study of reality, a system of metaphysics. The philosophy of Aristotle was centered around the notion of essence, and essence implies the fundamental dualism of matter and form. It is in Aristotle's philosophy, therefore, that the objective and subjective are united in the highest and most perfect synthesis. For organic unity is compatible with growth in organic complexity. The concept is the simplest expression of the union of subject and object. Next in complexity is the idea, which is a form of being and knowing, existing apart from what is and what is known, while highest in complexity is the essence, which is in part the matter and in part the form, existing in the reality and also in the object of knowledge. From Socrates to Aristotle there is, therefore, a true development, the historical formula of which is ideally compact, concept, idea, and essence. End of chapter 12